And oh, we are back. The new year, new show. Uh, it's time for the newest Slow Your Roll. New setup even too. Yeah, we'll see how long this lasts. Oh, uh, I like that this. nobody can see. Uh, I, I mean, you'll see the different angles on the video I, tape I, things I that we put on Instagram. Oh, you should see us. We look professional. Oh, we do. Uh, I mean, I always looked professional, but we're not going to sound any better though. <laughs> it's still going to be us. <laughs> uh, but hey, it's our first show in the new year. Mm-hmm. We got Dan back for another show. Yep. Yeah. We're going to talk some Patriots. We're going to talk, I mean, basically the NFC in general and try to break down what might happen in the playoffs. Yeah. Still a little mess. We're going to break it down for you. Going to talk. Yeah. Well, the NFC is a little more set, though, than the AFC, I think. Yeah, but there's the still only a lot one, of jumbling that can happen. Yeah, yeah. The only one that can change, I think, is the Niners could fall out and the Saints could move in. Yeah. Uh, also, I mean, a little LeBron talk. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we got, I mean, it could be a pack show. We yeah. got like a new, couple New Year's resolutions we're going to put out there for some teams yeah. and organizations. Yeah, we all know that we you all don't follow your New Year's resolutions when you make them. So we're going to make some sports ones that we know that the league and or sport or team won't follow anyway. But still, they should. They want, you know, New Year, New Them. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's a, it might be a long one today. It might so, be. It so might. I'm going to turn it off to you A now, few of now. these will be short, but yeah. anyway. All right, thank you, Jesse. I am just feeling... Great today. All right. Hit both of my bets yesterday. Derek Carr makes me look good, which is what this rant's going to be on. Won the fantasy league. Jesse Caulfield, congratulations on finishing 3-14. and 14. Uh, I didn't come in last, though. You didn't. I, I tore up the <laughs> consolation round. <laughs> All right. Anyway, though, I don't understand. I feel like every offseason, the Raiders are talking about maybe they might move on from Derek Carr. And the rest of the public doesn't love Derek Carr for some reason. What Derek Carr has done this year, we all need to take a step back and appreciate. He has overcome institutional chaos to get his team at a winning record and one game away from making the playoffs. Now, I don't think they're going to make it because I think they're going to lose to the Chargers because the Chargers are better and they do have a better quarterback and they're a better run team and they're more talented. But Carr seems to pull these out of the, you know, pull these wins out of a hat sometimes when you think it's over. He has now dealt with John Gruden resigning. Damon Arnante, one of the first round picks, corner, flashes a gun on Twitter saying he's going to shoot somebody and he gets cut. Darren Waller has been out now for a month. Henry Ruggs has been out most of the season after that horrible tragedy there with the DUI and vehicle homicide and all that. And by the way, Dan, you just told me now one of their other corners has just been arrested by the side of the road for a DUI. I saw that too, and I saw a tweet that someone someone needs to stop letting these Raiders drive. Yeah. It's I, That's going to be actually one of my New Year's resolutions. Not the driving one in general, but some general things about that organization. But Derek Carr somehow has overcome all of this. He's dealing with basically just Josh Jacobs who actually doesn't even look as good as he did a year or two ago. And they haven't run the ball as well. And he has Hunter Renfro to throw the ball to. This is extremely Brady-esque, what Derek Carr has done. All he really has is the little white slot-wide receiver, Hunter Renfro, like Edelman or Wes Welker. And yet somehow 
They are a game away from the playoffs. And nobody thought even going into the year that this team was an elite roster by any means. And now it's been dealt the hand of all this chaos. Despite institutional chaos, Derek Carr is on the verge of getting this team to the playoffs. And I'm not saying he's an A-plus quarterback, one of the best four or five in the league, but he's probably a top 10. And the Raiders have way more problems than Derek Carr. He is the lone sled dog pulling that sled across the Arctic right now. That's what he's done this year. So more respect to Derek Carr. And he's throwing the ball down the field way more this year than he ever did before. That used to be the knock. Wasn't any longer. It's amazing what Carr has done. I can't believe they're in this position. So, Jesse, I'm going to let you go first because you've, you've been counter to me on this for so long. Uh, yeah, um, and as someone who had Derek Carr on his fantasy team this year for most of the year, um, Derek Carr had a good start to the season, but I really don't. He's been okay. The team's hanging on. Uh, he actually did have a good game uh, this past Sunday. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was a good game from him. But, like, I mean, I don't – and you know what? He is also, like, apparently the nicest man ever, and everyone's his friend. He misses all, He misses everybody and feels bad for everybody. Well, But if you're going to achieve this, I think it goes beyond even the football field. It's also the locker room stuff, that you're able to keep the team together. It's okay. leadership. It's You know what? Maybe. Maybe he does have some of that. Because, um, like, I, he, everyone, no one bashes him personally. No. And, like, when – Gruden got fired. He was like, "Oh, that's that's my neighbor and my friend." And when Rugs uh, killed that woman, he's like, "Yo, I feel really bad for her and for him. He's hurting right now." And it's like, "What a what a nice guy." So I'm sure he is a pretty good locker room guy, and he's not the worst quarterback in the league. Uh, he's passable, but I he's still like, no. I think he can overcome yeah. things, and I think he's shown that this year. He can overcome a lot of. Locker room diversity, I'll give him that. He well, is, also, but the roster, when they go on the field, is not as good anymore. He's dealing with Hunter Renfro, and that's about it. I don't know if this dude's like Forrest Gump. He can just block out life <laughs> diversity and just keep doing what he's doing. But I don't know what it is, but... I don't, so I don't have an answer for that one, but like I, think, I don't, he's not doing anything really spectacular on the football field right now that makes me think, oh my God, this guy is willing them into a playoff spot. I mean, his numbers are pretty good. And they ask him to throw a ton. I would say at this point, I think he's better than Dak. No. Yes. No. All right. You know what? We're never going to see eye to eye on this. And you're not. Uh, This hasn't changed your opinion of Derek Carr at all. I think. As a quarterback. This season, I have learned how nice of a guy he is. (laughs) Oh, come on, dude. That's about. (laughs) That's what I've learned about him this year. Uh, Me and you, I feel like I'm going to go at each other on the show a little bit today. All right, Dan, do you have any thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, no, I mean, Derek Carr is a serviceable quarterback, and I was telling you the other day, he's the only quarterback, starting quarterback in the AFC, who's not a first-round pick. And that, I'm being a little loose because I know Deshaun Watson's not starting, <laughs> but that's a that's a pretty interesting stat. And I think he's played, you, you wouldn't know that, that he's not a first-round pick considering how well he plays and mm. how poor some other quarterbacks play. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I, and like I said, this this was going to be a short one today, but Derek Carr deserves so much credit right now. Just absolutely so much credit. I can't believe that they're on the verge of making the playoffs the way they are. But uh, By the way, how awkward is it now? Gruden has to move out, so what, 
car's going to wash from the windows as he moves out or something. Because <laughs> they're next door neighbors, so it's kind of Well, who weird. says he has to move? He can still live in Vegas. Gruden never made the playoffs with the Raiders. What if Derek Carr makes it without him? I'm pretty him? <laughs> sure they had their houses built next to each other, so I'd still live there for a little bit. I yeah. built that. Yeah. No, I, I'm sure I'm sure he'll move there. I mean, I'm sure he'll stay there. All right. With that, I think I think we've covered the the uh, the opening rant. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you to Rapid Fire News. Yeah, Rapid Fire News. Yeah. All right. It's going to start. It's going to start somber. Mm. You know, we haven't been here a little while. There is a lot to cover. Yes. I'm going to try to cover a lot of it. But we have to start with John Madden. He's passed at 85. Uh, one of the biggest icons in football. And actually one of the a big reason why I loved football so much growing up. Because I played the Madden games growing up. And I saw a lot of people trashing him and the Madden franchise on Twitter. The Madden games are not really good anymore. But when growing up, a lot of the reasons why I knew so much about football and why I knew a lot of names and knew people on teams is the Madden games. You play games, you see people, hey, that guy has a great stat line. You see him in games, guess what? He's making a lot of tackles. He's getting interceptions. He's doing stuff. So the Madden legacy, to me, I don't know, it meant a lot, and that made me really sad. So I definitely wanted to talk about that. Anyway, anyone have anything to say about Madden? Uh, I mean, he's amazing because he crossed so many generations. He did, and that's one. Of, that's how he reached out to my generation. He went from coach to broadcaster to then even when that was over, as you said, being the voice of the video game. So we, so we got, you know, even the younger generation at that point. So I don't know how many guys have been able to cross three different generations, kind of right. like that. So I, I remember, I remember Madden more as the broadcaster and growing up, and that's how I got to know football was the Sunday afternoon games with him and Pat Summerall and watching all those 49er Cowboys games or Cowboys Packers and, you know, just all the things he would do that I didn't know he started the whole Telestrator thing with the circles and the arrows Mm -hmm. during the game. And, you know, it's just it's just amazing Mm -hmm. what has happened since then and all the broadcasters since then, how they kind of copy him and listening to the players reactions have been amazing too you know Troy Aikman was talking about during the game and you know just how much they meant to him and how much it meant when the bus would roll up and Mm. they were covering his game so it was kind of cool and the the documentary I saw it unfortunately after he passed away but um, that was a good watch if anyone hasn't watched yet I I highly recommend that yeah there was some amazing names on that (laughs) absolutely All right, Mm. Jesse you can continue with the rest of rapid fire news now yeah, and I will say Madden Madden was the voice of uh, my first Patriots Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And I do remember a lot of his commentary on that final drive. I'll never forget it. Yeah, mm-hmm. play for well, overtime. That's what he said. He did say that. They, they were saying play for overtime. Um, but anyway, we can move on. and We can move on now. All right. He did say Brady gave him goosebumps, though. Yes. He did say that. All right, we can move on. Uh, a lot of football to cover. We missed two weeks, mm-hmm. so I'm going to catch everyone up. So everyone, just buckle up for a second. Mm-hmm. All right, in the AFC, the Cincinnati Bengals are your AFC North champion. You did say they'd finish ahead of the Steelers. I didn't think they'd win the division. <laughs> I really, I, no, I thought no one did. I thought they'd be better than they were last year, and I felt they would be better than most people thought they would be. I didn't see this coming. Uh, and yeah, all right, Tennessee Titans, they are your AFC South champion, mm-hmm. and currently hold your number one spot. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Clinched the AFC West. Uh, fell out of that number one spot thanks to the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm riding the Bengals high right now. I really like them. <laughs> um, and what a game that was. What an ending. Oh, yeah. 
All right, for the AFC East, the Bills and Patriots are tied. The Bills have the tiebreaker. And on Sunday, Bills get the Jets, Patriots get the Dolphins. So it's probably going to be Bills get the division. But we'll see. And then the Colts, Chargers, Raiders, Steelers, Ravens are still alive, battling for those final two spots. Wait, the Ravens are still alive? I thought they were eliminated. They are technically still alive. Oh, I wow. checked this morning. Okay. Um, but the Colts have the Jaguars, so they'll probably – and they have their uh, top spot right now. The Raiders and Chargers, you said, uh, they mm-hmm. play each other on Sunday night. Whoever yes. wins that game gets the spot. And if the Colts, by some miracle, lose to the Jaguars, the winner of the Steelers-Ravens game gets that final spot. Oh, gosh. That's how it'll all play out. Oh, gosh. I don't want to see either of those two teams yes. in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, well, Colts and Jaguars, uh, Steelers-Ravens, both play at one. Okay. So all that will play out at the beginning of the day. Yeah, I'm sure the Colts will take care of business. Oh, I very much expect <laughs> them to just run all the way t- to the end. <laughs> so uh, that is basically your AFC mm-hmm. right now. Your AFC picture. Mm. In the NFC, Green Bay clinched the number one spot in the NFL. Mm. They have the only buy right now that we know of. Uh, Tampa Bay clinched the NFC South. Dallas has the NFC East. The Eagles do have a playoff spot as well. Mm. Um, and the Rams and Cardinals are fighting for that f- um, for the AFC or the NFC West. Mm. And we'll see how that all plays out. And all we'll right. break that down more when we break down the NFC. All right. Uh, and then the 49ers the Saints are fighting for the final spot. Mm. And then finally, some hockey news. Mm. Some Bruins, they haven't played in 16 days. They played back-to-back games. They have scored their opponents 9-4. to four. Mm. So, hey. What was the record of those two teams they played? That doesn't matter. <laughs> it looked great. <laughs> and I thought it would look really rusty because they didn't play for 16 days and they all had COVID. But, hey, they looked they, that looked good. So, and that has been Rapid Fire News. All right, and from that, Jesse, let's let's transfer over. I'll, I'll, I'll let you start on this. The Pats beat up uh, the, you know, mentally handicapped kid in school, basically. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it went kind of like how we expected. I, it was worse than I expected. Well, actually, I, I did want to ask you this question. Um, you know, I expected, even if it uh, was still Urban Meyer, I expected a beatdown. Do you think Bill would have run up the score this much if it was Urban Meyer? No. I don't either. No. We talked about in the past about how Bill will sometimes, I say it especially against the Jets. He mm-hmm. seems to do it any chance he gets to get against the Jets. But sometimes Bill will really run up the score more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if it was Urban Meyer, he would have put a lot more respect onto that game because he likes Urban and he knows him personally. Yeah. But I think the fact that... Maybe Bill feels they did Urban a little dirty. I feel that had a lot to do with the 50 on the board. It might have been. I also think it had to do with trying to get Mac Jones's confidence back. Oh, I'm sh- a little bit. You know, shake off the two weeks of L's you just took. Get, I mean, the team's real confidence back. But you could have done that in a half. Yeah. <laughs> but you just kept going. <laughs> no, I know. He did. He did. Dan, do you, have, do you have any thoughts on this? Any takeaways from that actual game? I don't think. I don't think you can really take anything away from that game. Let's be honest. The Jaguars are absolute trash right now. They're the worst team by far in the NFL. Although, I know I was interested to watch Trevor Lawrence in the first half, and I got to say, I I don't see anything special with him. Like, you know, I know Mac Jones has been in this cocoon all year, but he's played very well for the most part in that cocoon. You watch Zach Wilson of the Jets, 
and you see that arm talent that mm-hmm. just he makes those throws that just make your jaw drop. With Trevor Lawrence, I didn't really see anything that great. Now I don't know if that's just been the dysfunction all year. He's a young quarterback getting hit. I don't know. I just I just don't see anything all that special with him. I could be wrong. You know, I, I hope the Jaguars just kind of blow up everything and, you know, they hold Trevor Lawrence and cuddle him while he cries <laughs> at night right now. But I, I just don't see anything special um, with that. I would say, <clears throat> what can you possibly see that's special, though? The O-line's so bad, they have no speed at wide receiver. It's not like he can even throw the ball deep down the field because the guys aren't that fast and they don't get open and they don't have the time for pass protection. I mean, I, I just don't even think there's a lot of opportunities to see the special with Lawrence. The one the, the one thing I will say with the Pats anyways, though, is, um, you know, they got off to the fast start. They got, well, like four or five touchdowns in their first four or five drives. Yeah. Um, what the two things they were killing him the last two weeks was like penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, two that stood out to me were the Barmore offsides against the Bills, where it was like fourth and seven. They were lining up to go for it. We don't know if they were going to go for it. Bills ended up getting a drive after getting extended. You know, the Mac Jones delay of game, which killed the drive that they had started. They didn't do any of that stuff, any kind of like the dumb penalties. Because when the Pats don't do those dumb penalties, they might not be the most talented. They might not really be able to hang in there with the elite teams, but they don't beat themselves and they play well. Hmm. When they do dumb penalties, when they do those stupid things, they they, they fall behind they fall behind the Colts, who, you know, I think they're on equal footing with. And, the, you know, the, the Bills even, they did that and they kind of almost got blown out in that game until mm-hmm. they stopped doing that. But um, back to Trevor Lawrence, I just, again, I don't know if the organization may kill him. I don't know. Oh, the organization might kill him, 100%. I just, I'm just, I'll defend on the fact that, like, I don't even know if you have the opportunity to see any of the special right now. It's just so bad. But I will say, you know whose offensive coordinator was, right? It was Bevel, who, by the way, was instrumental in getting Russell Wilson to where he is now. Mm. So it's not like it was completely no coaching at all now there's no talent there i get it urban meyer was a complete joke i get it so we'll see what happens Mm. i don't agree that there's no talent there their wide receiver core has names marvin jones jr is pretty good uh i mean shark was injured all season but like he is good um when shark went down though i mean like no i know that's a big blow because that's your they had nobody else Marvin Jones is a two or a three. Yeah. At best, he's a two. And then you got, who's that guy there? Uh, Chenault? Yeah. He's okay. Yeah. I think when Shark went down, it changed the dynamic of things, though. No, that hurts because that was definitely your number one. Mm -hmm. Um, But with the Trevor Lawrence stuff, like, sure, he's a rookie and, like, he's coming to the NFL. And especially a game like this where Bill just, like, oh, he just loves to play with, like, young quarterbacks. So I, I expected interceptions I expected just him being fooled and kind of looking dumb today but it is kind of been all season long of him just yeah maybe throwing up prayers and just throw, saying like what are you throwing to well like I said even, even with Zach Wilson though you see the uh, the talent there and some of the throws he makes like those 25 yard outs that are I feel like I've seen a less talent and I don't watch college football but I've seen less talent out of him than the things that were forced into my face almost every day when he was at Clemson Oh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, he doesn't look – he so, looks lost. And, you know, part of that is the coaching. Like, they're just not getting him to a uh, well, I have NFL a, level Well, yet, I have a but. philosophy on this in general, and this is also why I don't like Bama quarterbacks, is I don't love quarterbacks coming in from, coming in from college who go to power programs 
where it's just easy all the time because that's not real life in the NFL. And I think it's a really detrimental when they get into the NFL and it's just been so easy all the time. Yeah, he was I think clearly it's an adjustment so talented. There. Did his talent look better? All right. So good. Cool. So anyway, we were talking about Trevor. I don't like Trevor. I don't like quarterbacks. I don't love quarterbacks that come from some of the power programs and then come to the NFL because I think the adjustment and the transition becomes even harder because things were so easy in college that you just never ever lived the real NFL life like at all. Yeah, but I'm saying like he just in general doesn't look as athletic and skilled as you as you like thought obviously I expect him to get fooled um and he won't put up the numbers and you he'll just, just don't see the special I get it yeah and maybe that's a problem maybe he looked more special than he was because of the talent around him at Clemson we'll see what was around him at Clemson like I don't know like at least uh, I knew like it was around Mac Jones at Alabama and them I mean how many years was he there so he's there for a, a while but thing, uh, like, he had Travis Etienne I, he had Hunter Renfro for years Oh, that explains why the Jags drafted him. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was a blow for the Jags this year, too. Was when ETN went down. Before anything, yeah. Yeah, but, like, James Robinson was already a serviceable running back. I don't know why they drafted him. I guess I do had, now, and that's a stupid reason to draft him. He had another wide out, too, I just can't think of, who's in the NFL. Was it, was it another, like, Mike Williams or something? Oh, yes, it was. I think it was Mike Williams. I think Mike Williams is a little too old to be playing with. There's, like, five Mike Williams. Oh, yeah. I guess that is a common name. It is. All right. Uh, Before we move on to the next thing, though, I just want to say, previewing this matchup. So it's funny. We have two parallels. So we have completely opposites, actually. So the Pats have a get-right game. They blow out the Jags. And the Dolphins finally face a real team and get destroyed and look terrible. So now they're both coming into this pivotal matchup coming up the last week of this. Well, actually, no, it's not, I think, because the Dolphins got eliminated. Yes. But you know they'd like to they'd like to screw over the the Pats if they can. Oh yeah, like a couple of years ago, like they did. Exactly. So it is they'll they'll be up for this game. So what do you see going into this this Pats Dolphins matchup? I think Tua has been completely exposed. Yeah. You know my feelings on Tua. I feel like this argument should be over. But but what do you see in general going to this game? Dan, I'm actually going to let you start on this one. Uh, the first question is: Is the Dolphins even going to show up? And I, it's it's a tough time because it's like a 4.30 game, but at the same time it's the Bills. So it's going to be hard to see if it's even worth the Pats playing the starters, how mm. much they play, do you rest. So it's going to be kind of hard to see what Bill wants to do with that. Knowing Bill and his history, he's probably just going to have them go for it, try to end the season on a high note, and keep the momentum going. So that's what I expect. Mm. As to the game itself, I expect a low-scoring, slightly boring game. Brian Flores obviously knows the Pats very well. Um, he's going to have something probably from Mac Jones, try to stop the run again. And, you know, Tua's not the best. He's a serviceable, but he's not going to be anything special. And, again, it's just I just don't see this being a high-scoring game. And, you know, you, you might look up at the scoreboard and are the Bills going to be up 21-3 to on the Jets at halftime. So do you start pulling starters? Mm. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and and I it's going to be tough with matchups trying to figure it out because who knows where Cincy's going to finish, where you know Chiefs Tennessee is going to finish. So it's going to be hard to try to dictate where you finish and who you try to match up against for, for the next week. Mm, exactly, Jesse. Yeah, well, the thing is with the Patriots. I mean, the Dolphins te- technically don't have anything to play for, but like you know, 
I expect Brian Flores to definitely want to play the spoiler game. Like, mm. how can you not? And that's your former team. He did it a couple years ago. But with the Patriots, I mean, you're ten and six uh, right now. Indy is, and you're in the first wild card spot. Indy's right behind you in the second at nine and seven. If they catch you, they're going to jump you. Mm. They have the tiebreaker, so I think there's definitely a little bit to at least play for, even if you're not going to catch the Bills. I don't want to be caught by Indy because if I'm going to play Indy, I'd rather do it outside at Foxborough than inside at uh in Indy. So mm. there's a little bit to play for here. Yeah. Well, I, who would you rather play in the first round, the Bills or Cincinnati? Cincinnati. I mean, same here. So if you lose, Indy jumps yeah, yeah, you. Yeah. You play Cincinnati. Are you saying you want to lose? I'm just saying for the matchup reason, I don't want to see the Bills again. But Cincinnati, I think we match up very well. Against. Oh, I think we beat Cincinnati. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if we can cover the, all those guys, though. You can and get, Joe Mixon. Bro, but what what does Bill do to every young quarterback? This is only Burrow's second year. He made Herbert look bad. All too. right. You think he can take away Jamar Chase? Yes. He's still going to yes. throw to T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and they're still going to run with Joe Mixon. So this is I I guess, but I don't think since he I still think since he's not that complete, I think they have a lot of the, the, the sizzle, you know. They got the they got the explosiveness on the outside and they got the talent with Mixon. O line though, not good. D line, average. Secondary, average to below average. So I don't think they're a complete team. Yeah, but I don't think you need a elite defense to stop our offense. No, but I would like a little bit better than what they have. Since he will give up the run too, so and you look at Bill's history with uh, uh, facing great wide receivers. They actually gave up a lot of rushing yards to the Chiefs, even. Right, and the Chiefs don't even run the ball that well. So what? What I think Bill would do would be maybe just a double chase throughout the whole game. McCourty and and Mills, you got him. I'm going to put J.C. Jackson on Boyd, try to take him out, and then there you go. Maybe Higgins beats you, beats Duggar or something like that. Joe Mixon does scare the crap out of me, but mm-hmm. other than that. That's you can do that. You you can slow down this Bengals offense, and if you can run it, and I'm 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 actually not that worried with Mac Jones in the postseason because you talk about big programs and you don't like them. They've played so many big games already. That is true. That a playoff game in Cincinnati versus the national championship game when everyone's watching you. Uh, yeah, in New Orleans at the Superdome, exactly. millions and millions of viewers. And the pressure of being an Alabama quarterback and you have to win every single game. Mac Jones has been through that. I, mm. I don't I don't see that being an issue. Then again, Burrow has did that with LSU as well. That's true. But I think Bill can confuse Burrow, get a few turnovers out of him. Also. And you and you look at the, the coaching matchup, Bill Belichick versus Zach Taylor, come on, that's not even close. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yeah. Bowling, uh, I just, I don't know. I no, I get, I get why I, you're scared. I'm, I want to just guarantee the Patriots spot and just whoever they play, they play. Okay, it's it's I, I it's so you. hard because you can't guarantee the Bengals will win next week and like everyone will keep their spots and people. So you can't pick everyone else's spot. So just no. pick. Make sure you can pick yours. No, I get that. I get that. All right, from that, let's move on. Um, Antonio Brown has Maybe. another meltdown. And I just want to say, before before we get into bashing Antonio Brown, that was epic. I that was, was one not going to bash him at all. That was one of the greatest meltdowns of all time. If you're going to quit a team and have a meltdown, that was the way to do it. That was so entertaining, stripping on the field. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I do want to say this, though. 
I feel like I'm seeing less excuses for him at least this time, but I love that everyone still wants to bring up like the mental health thing. Listen, I don't know what his, I don't know what his mental health issue is. I'm not an expert. I know plenty of people with a mental health problem who aren't this much of an a-hole though to everybody around them. So that can't be an excuse. They don't have his charisma. At some point, you got to take responsibility for your own actions. And I can even feel bad for you if you have a problem, but that doesn't mean that I want you on my team or on my company, in my organization, whatever. So I can feel bad for you, but that still doesn't mean I should have to deal with you or should deal with you or will deal with you. So I do think AB's time in the NFL has come to an end. Uh, I think the time of putting up with the prima donna wide receiver is over. There's so many great ones now that come out from the draft. So... Yeah, I don't think you have to put up with this kind of crap anymore. And if you can't make it work with the Pats and you can't make it work with Tom Brady, who the heck else are you going to make it work with? So I think AB's time in the NFL is officially over. That was hilarious that he hung out with that Uber driver afterwards. Sensational (laughs) way to quit a team, though. Uh, AB with the Patriots, he behaved here for those two or week and a half. It's just you got an accusation that got dropped. Mm-hmm. So, well, he also texted the accuser and stuff like that. All right, she dropped it. I'm just saying. Usually, when your lawyer says "Don't do this specifically," and then you go and do it, shows a lot of lack of judgment. Uh, you would think listen, that. Would, you think uh, that if she had a case, though, you'd think it'd give her more ammo. Listen, I'm not gonna argue at any point. AB has judgment. No, 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 no. However, I loved that. Oh, that was I so will def- that and was that was great by AB, and I'll defend it Why? for it what it's worth. Because it was entertaining? Yeah, and he has the right to do it. And, sh- and the, sure, the Bucks have the right to say, yeah, you can't come back now. And I expect them to. You can't let someone do that and come back. However, I did see him because I follow him on Snapchat. He was hanging out with uh, Devin White yesterday. So Was he really? Yes. <laughs> And it looked, to be honest, it looked like on a plane. But then he showed up in the Nets game. So I don't know. I don't know. Not with Devin White at the Nets game. I also, I, I don't get why everyone's criticizing the Bucks so much. At the end of the day, I, I think I, we talked about this already even when we were preparing for the show. Didn't you get exactly what you wanted out of the situation? A little bit. You wanted, no. you wanted to leave a few more games with him. I guess. Yeah, I, but you I, wanted, I wanted that second season. If you won there. a Super Bowl. And if you told me it's not even going to last two full years, I'd be like, eh, eh, eh. That's about what I expected. I mean, they kind of did. He caught a touchdown in the Super Bowl. They won the Super Bowl with him. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. One more season, I would have been like, no matter what happens, we got every, we we got our money's worth. 100%. I think he, I think he kept them afloat a little bit too. Sometimes when they were having wide receiver injuries, and I think. Well, that's the thing. Right now, you have a lot of oh offensive. Oh, this injuries. was a terrible time for him yeah, to quit. You need horrible him now. time. You need him now. Yes, you need him again now. It was a horrible time for him to quit, but at the end of the day, I still think the move worked out. The uh, the latest report, too, is with A.B. is that I guess he went to Brady during the game and said, oh, you're starting to feed your boy Gronk now, huh? So, again, and you know Brady, mid-game, you can't say anything like that to him. He doesn't care. He's going to throw it to the open guy. Yeah. And this was after A.B. got, like, uh, what, 10 catches and 100 yards in the previous game? Yeah. So the one thing I will say for Antonio Brown is, you know, I do think he needs help, but the problem is is you can't help someone if they're not going to help themselves. Uh, and I'm pretty sure many people have tried to help him. and he Yeah, Tom Brady did. 
Yeah, exactly. And that's why I don't think he'll play again in the league is because you have ruined Tom Brady's name a little bit in this. The league is going to look at that and go, well, if you can't make it work with Tom Brady, who can you make it work exactly. with? Exactly. That's what I said, yeah. So. I, I, I still think. You think he's going to get another chance, though? Yeah, I think someone will try. Okay. Uh, if he's uh, – if you're able-bodied – the NF, someone in the NFL will be. And think, there was a lot of teams calling for him. And I know you know it didn't work with Tom Brady this time and like sure. But like I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville calls him mm. in the offseason. Well, that's the last thing Jacksonville needs. That's that's not the argument I'm making. Maybe the Raiders will do it again. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I mean, let's I don't know the contract situation of like Amari Cooper, but let's say someone like him leaves, I could absolutely see the Cowboys calling him. Oh gosh, that is um, actually one team I could see trying to call. Him. I could see the Raiders calling him. No, no, no not the way. Not the oh, way. Oh, actually, you know what? Never mind. He has history with the Raiders. Yeah, right? no, actually, he, you know, wait a minute. He never played a game. Gruden, wait a minute. Gruden's gone. Gruden is gone. You no, think, Mike Mayock is still there though, and Mike Mayock is the one he said uh, he'd punch. That is yeah. that is true. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So no, it's not, um, it's not happening. Yeah, I mean, if I, uh, I don't know. No, no. I, I, guys, let's move on to the Buccaneers in general because I think they're in a little bit of trouble. Jesse, I'll let you start on this. Tampa Bay, it's time for your weekly Tom Brady update. Yep. The show is not over, don't worry. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, oh, man. If you're going to talk about Tom Brady, this man is still the best. He's still got it. Are the Bucks in trouble? Yeah. <laughs> but is Tom Brady in trouble? No. He just likes to play with the Jets still. <laughs> and, like, did you see that final throw? I did. G- gorgeous. He, that man is 44. And he threw that perfect throw to who? I don't even know. I don't even know who that was. Some guy. Some dude. And it was probably Tyler Johnson, wasn't it? No, it was not. Or it was Crayson. Oh, it was Crayson. Yeah, who's that? Oh, who knows? Who the hell uh, is that? Guy on his eighth different yeah, team. That's not even Scotty Miller. <laughs> he disappeared, by the way. Yeah, like Tom Brady loves his short little white men. But like Scott, no Scotty Miller right now. I think he was good injuries. Maybe. How? He hasn't played. He was having concussion problems, though. Oh, those short little white men do have concussion problems. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Do you think they're – but, like, they're, they're down to just Gronk and Mike Evans now. And Le'Veon Bell. Oh, God. <laughs> so it's Gronk and Mike Evans. Yeah, but Mike Evans isn't even 100%. I assume this time of the year Gronk is probably not at 100%. He did have seven catches for uh, – was 115 yards? Yes. 115 yards. So, like – Oh, man, you're feeding your man Gronk. Yeah, he's still a monster. Mm. He's still the man. I think there's, I, I think I think unless they have another weapon to take away coverage from the defense, though, I think Gronk is going to become if, kind of a non-factor. Maybe. And I will say, if they can survive in the playoffs long enough for Leonard Fournette to come back, because Godwin's done, um, you know, maybe. I don't see. They're not going to win the Super Bowl, but maybe you get there again. Okay. Because, well, here's the thing. NFC Championship game. If it's Bucks Green Bay, who do you pick? Bucks. I I just I don't uh, think uh, I uh, don't uh, think they're scared to go into Green Bay. No. Oh, I don't think Brady's scared to go anywhere. And like Brady just makes people follow him. But I think I think. But do you have the talent to beat Green Bay? And it depends. Green how Bay healthy, just don't win. It depends how healthy they get. If they're healthy, or at least close to it, then I might pick them over Green Bay. Um, but with the team the way it is right now, if they played, no. 
no, I'd pick Green Bay. Mm. But, okay. But they need Fournette back. They need someone. I think because they, it's really just become. Brady's going to drop back, try to give it to Gronk. If Gronk's open, throw it up to Mike Evans. Maybe he can make a play. It's just really gone to be. I think today they'd lose to Dallas. Not that Dallas team from the other day, no. Uh, Dallas didn't care as much as the Cardinals did. I guess, but Dallas looks like. Kyler's mobile. I thought Dallas would be. Kyler's mobile. Brady's not. Okay. And they get great pressure. From that D line, the Dallas defense does. I'm not saying. I'm just saying from a matchup perspective. Today, right now, if they played in the playoffs, I'd pick Dallas. The one, the one other thing we haven't talked about the Bucks with is their defense, and they can stop the run. They gave up 150 rushing yards to the Jets. Oh, I'm wow. not worried about Dallas's run. I'm not either, but I'm just saying they also didn't get pressure on Zach Wilson. Mm. They only had one sack and four hits. That's and weird. That, that's that might know, be a one-off. Which, yeah, that could be an aberration. And you and you look at the the key play of that game, which was that wonderful play call fourth fourth down there, where they ran with Zach Wilson with two yards to go. <laughs> um, you're running right at the teeth of the defense, and he didn't even get half a yard on that. No. Um, so maybe it, it was just a one game. Maybe they were overlooking the Jets. I don't know. But that was just an odd, odd game for them. And that's usually not what they do. Hmm. You have to wonder how much they care also, though, because they kind of feel like they probably can't get the number one spot and they've already locked up their division. They can still get the second spot, though. They can. If the Rams lose, I mean, Arizona can still get that division. I will say right now, they would have a sensational matchup, in my opinion, uh, in the playoffs because they would get the 49ers. Who Right now? Yes. The 49ers' offensive strength is historically this defense's strength. Or you could move up and get the Eagles. Well, I guess that's similar then. However, <clears throat> that's the thing. If you move up and get the Eagles, that means the 49ers won, which means, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's a whole mess that we're going to try to make sense of. It is, it is. I think both teams are a very good matchup then for the Bucks. Because they're both run-dependent. Anyway, from that, guys, we are going to take a quick break right now before we move on. We're going to talk LeBron a little bit, Cincy, and uh, make sense of the NFC playoff picture. So quick break, guys, and we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here at Slow Your Roll, the first show of 2022. Dominic Lorenzano, alongside writer for the Yaki Way Report, as always, Jesse Caulfield. My brother Dan Lorenzano in here right now as well. And a uh, little, little NBA, just for a sec here. Making me look really good because, uh, you know, one of the opening rants for one of the first shows we did was how I was talking about how the Lakers are a much bigger brand now than they are an actual good basketball product 
and the Lakers find themselves at 19 and 19. They may, they're very old. They already shipped Rajon Rondo off. This talks about trading Westbrook. And uh, AD is hurt like always, and LeBron has to carry everything, and he's, what, 38 now, I think? So let's be, ca- let's be completely honest about LeBron. Amazing player. Maybe the greatest player ever in the NBA. Far more talented than Michael Jordan. Sorry, uh, he is. Uh, Jordan might have been just more clutch, but LeBron's the best Swiss Army knife of the NBA ever. He can do everything. And I'll give him this. With all the fame... I mean, he let it go to his head, but at least he hasn't done anything criminal. There have been there have been no sexual assault allegations. There's been no robberies, no refusing to pay people. So he has not done that, which I have to give him credit for because I can see how that can go to your head. But he is the spoiled child of the NBA. He is the arrogant egotistical person who thinks that just because he's great at one thing, it means he's great at everything else. He thinks that he can play GM and he's about to ruin the Los Angeles Lakers just like he ruined the Cleveland Cavaliers on his way out. That's two straight teams in a row that he has ruined. It's a trend and it's gotten worse and worse. So with the Cavs, he liked Iman Schubert. Let's give him four years and $40 million because we got to keep LeBron happy. Got to keep his friends here. Tristan Thompson, let's extend him five years. J.R. Smith, let's give him $57 million for four years because we got to keep LeBron happy. And he destroyed that team because he wanted to play GM. He thought he knew better than everybody else. And then when he wrecked it, he jumped ship, bounced, and moved to L.A. Where then he recruited Anthony Davis, the never healthy Anthony Davis. Made the Blakers get rid of all their young players, and he was fortunate to get that one title because if COVID doesn't happen, there's no way he wins a title in Los Angeles. They needed that, what, three, four months off they got in that COVID season to let old LeBron get healthy and let AD get healthy and go right into the playoffs like that or else AD would never hold up because AD has never held up physically. And now they bring in Russell Westbrook, Rajon Rondo still here. Do they have Dwight Howard even too? I mean, they are just ancient. They're so old. They're not going anywhere. And it's going to be like the uh, the Cavs all over again. If he decides to bounce, which would be hilarious. I don't think he will. But he is he has doomed the Lakers for a long time and put them in cap hell with a bunch of old men who they can't get any better and they can't compete with the best teams in the West. So LeBron has tanked another franchise because he thinks he can do everything. You got you to gotta be able to say no to LeBron. You have to. Or he'll ruin your franchise. I never thought there'd be a day where I actually have to defend LeBron, but here it is. Um, you mentioned that he left Cleveland a mess and the Lakers are a mess. I'm sorry. How many titles did Cleveland have before he got there? Zero. Oh, and how many do they have now at least? One. Okay. The Lakers, how were they before LeBron got there? Kobe was really (laughs) no they weren't good all right they weren't good they had a GM that was a former basketball player I like magic but you know he quit on the team you talk about Antonio Brown I think Antonio Brown replaced Magic Johnson as the all-time way to quit Mm -hmm. Um, so yes the teams are old you also forgot uh, Camelo Anthony's on that team too so Mm -hmm. yeah the team is old and you know I think LeBron the GM 
is upset with LeBron. Uh, I'm sorry, the LeBron, the players upset with LeBron, the GM, because that's my point. <laughs> but because uh, you look at you look at what LeBron's done this year, and I'm gonna say this, and it might not be a popular opinion, especially in this year. I think it's more impressive what he is doing in his 19th season in the NBA than what Brady is doing in his 22nd season in the NFL. I would agree. Um, I would not. You got to run a lot. There's a lot of athleticism all the time that goes into basketball. You mean trotting back and forth from one side of the much smaller court to the other? No, I don't think it's nearly as physical as being a quarterback in the NFL. uh, Being a quarterback in the NFL now where, okay, did you see that roughing the passer against Mac Jones with the guys just trying to make a tackle? It is forearm hits the side of his his head and it's a penalty. There are some dumb pussified rules in the NFL – but one of the one of the reasons I don't watch the NBA is because if you watch old NBA compared to new NBA, it's very childish and very these these guys are wimps. They used to be able to hit and push each other, and it wouldn't actually be a foul. Yeah. Now you can't. That's a foul. As long as you're a star. As long as you're a star. So, that's a roughing the passer. <laughs> listen again. I don't think that's. Smart, but if you're gonna make that point, the NBA is the same and that way. Is, that was the Tom Brady rule, right? When you when you go and you grab no. a player by an a quarterback by the ankle, that's the Tom Brady rule now. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, though, so, so, so I'm just gonna say, like, he's second in NBA in points this year. He's third in player efficiency. He's playing center now. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned no AD. Russ Westbrook is leading the NBA in turnovers. Um, he's also 65 percent from the free throw which is 98 out of 105 players, which is your point guard, by the way, which is terrible. Mm. Um, so, And he's third in NBA minutes in 37 minutes a game. Again, I think that's more impressive than Brady handing it off for half a game, but whatever. But, yes, LeBron... Leading the, G- the leading in yards right now in touchdown passes. Okay. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> I, I get your point, but my point is still, though, like... LeBron wouldn't have to create these heroics if you just said no to LeBron, and he wasn't so arrogant that he thought that he knew better than the people whose job it is to put basketball teams okay, together. Okay, but you you talk about that, but then who should have made this decision to the Lakers once Magic said, I'm out, I quit? Uh, Genie well, I, I Listen, whoever they want to bring in as GM, whoever, whoever, they, whoever they sit down in an interview and think is the best guy for the job. They have a GM. You know who it was? Who? Was Kobe's former agent. Yeah, so, I do remember that. So, again, with LeBron is really just trying to make the best of a situation, which was such a mess before he got there. You think, but I think it's clear that this is LeBron's doing. I it's, don't think it's the agent's doing. I think LeBron wanted these no, guys. No, it's, cl- it's, it's similar to Brady with AB with, I want this player, I don't care what you say. And, yes, LeBron has probably had a hand in Westbrook coming here who's been a disaster and all those older players coming here which I get but you can't overlook everything else he's done as a player and you talk about okay yeah it was a COVID playing tournament and stuff and it was kind of rigged for them fine they still want you can't take that away and before he got there the Lakers were just this they were kind of like the Celtics they had a bunch of good young players and they didn't know what to do with Mm. I think at this point, I think you everyone should realize LeBron is only the ultimate mercenary. And you bring him in to win a championship, and you bring him in for about three years. 
and then he's going to wreck your team if you don't move on. And if you win that champion, do you think the Toronto Raptors are, are upset with Kawhi Leonard? Hey, Kawhi doesn't play GM, though, and put your team in cap hell. That's Toronto's also, still decent, at least. That's also their first. Someone like the Lakers. But, but he, he brought up Cleveland in that they, they made him. You know, he made. He I'm just saying. I'm just the saying. There's thing. two franchises. Also their first, so I'll, I'll, I'm kind of. I'm just saying. There's two franchises in a row now, though, that he stayed too long, and in his arrogance has ruined the franchise, and he's ruining the Lakers now. That's my thing. Well, Ultimate mercenary. Good. He gets all he does is get praise. I feel like all the time. Let's be honest here. In his arrogance, so. he ruins franchises on the way out. Yeah. Now he might get them a title beforehand, but that's what he does. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not bad for the second best player I, ever in the NBA. I still can't get over this. What he's doing is better than Brady. <laughs> How many superstars in the NBA have played well at the age of 37? I don't know. How many? I think Kobe. Kobe didn't play well. <laughs> no, he just played. He didn't play he well. He didn't. That's, yeah. He just chucked and I'm not even of- saying to this level because I'm sure this level is, you know, something maybe not seen before. I don't remember how old um, – Michael Jordan was when he finally actually retired. And he wasn't that great in his last year either. But still, 37? Like, sure, that's kind of old. How many 44-year-old quarterbacks have played okay at the NFL level? Just okay? None. Zero. I, I, Warren Moon might have. When all you did was run the ball? <laughs> Moon did not just run the ball. Warren, Warren Moon was was the first air raid guy. I guess. But I don't think he went that into his forties. No, he put I mean I don't know I, I don't know the numbers for him, but he did I don't think he did forty four, but he was he was forty. And Brett Favre had a, a really great year at forty one or forty two too with the Vikings. I think so, yeah. All hmm. I'm saying all The I'm rules saying, have gotten easier for quarterbacks. Right. All I'm saying is that Sure. Know, and how many games has Brady played where he hasn't gotten hit? This year? In, in his I career. Oh, in his career? Probably, especially with the Pats, he probably played a lot of those. I don't know. There some, some years he got hit a lot. Some years he got hit, and some, some years he didn't. But I'm just year. saying, when you're a quarterback and you play one game a week, and you may or may not even get hit that game, or you're just turning around handing the ball off 30 times a game and you don't have to do much, versus... Uh, uh, when has Brady like ever done that, other than when he had Corey Dillon? He did it a lot with um, thirty times a game. When when it, I mean, I'm not saying it was the Pat, the Patriots game plan always changed, but okay, what was his name? The guy who ran for two hundred yards against the Colts, was it Gray or something? And got oh. cut two weeks later. Y- yeah, I'm just saying there's been games. Jonas that's Gray. Like, yeah, yeah, there's been games where they've haven't he hasn't needed to carry a team. LeBron is always when he's playing, he's always had to carry the team one way or another. It's his own fault half the time he has I, to carry the team. I get it. I'm just saying I think playing a okay, he doesn't play eighty two games a year. He I, probably I, played I, seventy. I, but he I also see, he only I did see, the Olympics as well. For the years he did that. I see Oh your come point. on. That's just him like playing in his backyard. <laughs> All right, we got to move on. We got to move on. With all the other all-stars in the NBA (laughs) against people from Croatia. (laughs) All right. People probably think I'm a LeBron lover now. Yeah, they probably do. All right, Jesse, it's all you. It's you on this one. You you were having a love affair over this team earlier anyway. Over Cincy KC. I forgot to put that in my notes. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait a minute. See, you we forgot change, to we part- changed his mind on him. Yeah, see? No. All right, so I Kansas mean, City. Well, here's the thing. So, what a game. Yes. I had, That was one of the most fun I've had watching 
any game that's not the Patriots this season, maybe. Can I just say, this is where the NFL frustrates me. It's like we had to wait for that Jacksonville Patriots game to be over before we could watch that game. Yeah, if you, I, if you don't have, like, red zone or anything Right, and like I was that. just like, I would have much rather have, even as a Pats fan, I would have much rather watch the Cincinnati Chiefs game than this debacle that was Jacksonville. They, they do need to, like, if it's a blowout, just be like, all right. We know it's your team, but we're sorry. We're switching it. Yeah. yeah. And, like, yeah. Because, <laughs> no, I, I mean, they, they could have done that at halftime. Right. Um, but with this uh, – this uh, Bengals game, mm-hmm. and because I mean it was, they were down fourteen to nothing early, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean that secondary by the Chiefs got torched mm-hmm. by Jamar Chase. Even Burrow said it himself after his like, throw it up, Chase it down there somewhere. <laughs> um, was it like two hundred sixty six yards, three touchdowns, something like that? Rookie record, by the way. Um, me and Dom both gave up Jamar Chase in our fantasy league. Uh, but I mean, did you see that ending? Like the very ending? Yeah. Do you think any of that was a good call to go forward on the fourth down? Like at some point you had, you should have stopped and kicked that field goal. You got lucky and you got a knee in and then kicked the field goal. But do you think they should have kicked the field goal? I think it's a tough pl- call because you say for as bad as the Chiefs, Chiefs offense was in that second half. You, do you really want to give the ball to Mahomes at any point again in that game? No, but they had no timeouts, and no, it was like you, a you, you probably, minute. Again, this is where I go back with the, the head coaching matchup that Zach Taylor, I'm not overly impressed with sometimes. You probably could have kicked the field goal sooner, gotten it, taken the lead, and just hoped that your defense could have held off Mahomes. Yeah. That's what I mean. I think I, I kind of, especially because Joe Mixon – was on my fantasy team that when they went for it I was like you gotta give it to Joe Mixon the problem was I think they went for the QB sneak too many times before that they knew it was gonna go to Mixon if they snapped the ball and it did and so I think that I mean at that point I think you should kick the field goal because the play call was so obvious um, and then it failed but you got lucky with the offsetting penalties and then I really think you should have kicked the ball. <laughs> and they're like, hell no. And I admire the balls to do- to double down. Um, but you should have taken the points. You, you take got the points there. Yeah, you got you got to take off a, like an extra 10 seconds that you probably shouldn't have. And then you should have just said, all right, we got an extra 10 seconds. Let's take three and make this. Hmm. And if they get the points, they get the points. Oh, my. Like, he's just the best. Yeah. I, I mean, listen, I, I don't know. I think you guys have hit everything you need to on that. I, I want to go into a larger picture here of, of is does this change our opinion on anybody? I mean, to me, Kansas City, this is why I haven't bought Kansas City for a while now. I mean, I buy them as, as elite and a threat, but, like, I still think they can be beaten. I really think the Titans have a very good chance of beating them if they play them. I mean, they're just so streaky. They're a roller coaster, and they can be so hot and cold. I mean, Kansas City's outscored 17-3 to in the second half. 10 penalties for 83 yards. Cincinnati's averaging 7.7 yards a play, 446 passing yards. I mean, their defense comes and goes. The offense sometimes can even come and go. They still don't run the ball well, though they ran it against Cincy's front decently. But I just I can't wrap my arms around KC and think that they're clearly the best. I can see them losing to multiple teams in the AFC even. 
I think I think it's similar with the Pats that they they have to when they play their best, the, their ceiling is much higher, obviously, than the Pats. Oh yeah. If they play their best, they are the best team in the AFC, and I don't think it's any question. And they're you, so streaky though. I think again, I know they're streaky, but I said when they play their best, I think this loss was the best thing that could have happened to the Chiefs because they had an eight-game winning streak. You look at it. Everyone's talking. Oh, they're so great! Oh, they're going to be back in the Super Bowl. Is the Packers Chiefs Super Bowl? Bucks uh, Chiefs repeat. And I think this loss was a great wake-up call for them to say, "Hey, you know what? This new revamped defense—it's still got some holes. You still got some work on to do on it." This second half, I mean, I wonder if the Chiefs just kind of—they thought at halftime it was probably going to be over, and they just kind of tucker—they they just kind of quit. Um, to your point with the penalties, though. Cincinnati, six of their first downs came on penalties. See, I, so, they're not disciplined either. Right. So it's 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 weird that you know you expect an Andy Reid coach team to be a little bit better than that. Um, you know, and I get, I just they they still had four sacks on Cincy. What else did they have? Four sacks, but they they're still so reliant on Kelsey and Hill mm-hmm. that half their targets were to them. Um, I mentioned, I know we talked to you a while ago about this, but the previous game watch, their offense was essentially Patriots-like, where it was just Mahomes throwing five-yard slant, five-yard outs, running the ball, screens, and they were just methodically moving down the field, and it was scary to watch. Um, so I don't know, maybe they've teams are, are going away from that cover two shell that was giving them so much problem. But the one, the one positive I'll give the Chiefs that this is a big deal, too, is Mahomes had 10 interceptions his first eight games. He only has three in his last eight games. So mm. that is huge for them. Yeah, they've cleaned that up a bit. But, uh, Jesse, do you, do, you, do you feel, do you have any other takeaways on this game about KC or Cincy moving forward? Well, I mean, I was on, you know, when KC went on that streak, I kind of went back on the, the train. I was just like, oh, it's just going to be them in the Super Bowl, blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. This game really made me take that step back. I was like, all right, they're still, they still have these problems. Um, they're still just so streaky. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the ceiling is so high because uh, they have such explosive guys and such playmakers, but it falls off after that. Mm. So much else. Um, it's mostly Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. The defense that still has these holes in it, despite how well they, could pl- they can play. Um, so, yeah, but... When Dan said that this is the best thing for them, and I was like, um, maybe. Because if you, you're streaking going into the playoffs, like you're kind of almost asking for it. Because mm-hmm. you peak too soon. You're going to cool off at some point. Um, not many teams can do like what the 03 Patriots did mm-hmm. and win 15 straight games in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we just watched episode two of... Yeah, man in the arena. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, most teams can't do that. It's just so... you. When the streak gets long, you just you be, maybe you become a target, um, and two, you just you're bound to lose eventually. So I mean, this could be a, actually pretty good for them. I mean, you got you got a week to clean it up right before the playoffs. You probably don't need to play everyone in that game. Um, I guess if you want that number one, but I don't see Tennessee losing either. So, hmm. I mean, it's just such a fluky game too. Like I said, six first down on penalties. Um, it was a sloppy game, right? Mm-hmm. So it was just like you know. You're gonna. Are you really always gonna get historic performances out of the other team's wide receivers? No. No. Like that's just not gonna happen. <clears throat> no. 
Burrow's amazing, by the way. I just want to say this before we move on. Burrow, last three games, nine TDs, no picks, and 1,097 oh, yards. And actually, Burrow did not finish this game. No. He did not do the kneel downs because of his knee. Yes. So we'll see how but he But he could is. have a cigar. He was, yes. He was dancing in a locker room with a cigar. I think he's all right. I, 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 I think he's all right. I guess, but we'll, maybe it'll be... We'll watch going forward. Yes. I got you. All right. From that, guys, <clears throat> we have done the AFC playoff picture already. Let's look at what the NFC matchups are right now. So I'm going to say my favorite now moving forward is the Rams completely. Um, I worry about Stafford a lot, but... I still think they're the most complete team, and I think they can do more things on offense than a lot of other teams. They're a bit more multidimensional. I do think the addition of OBJ has been really big. Um, I love, you know, I, I like Sean McVay. I like their defense. They can take down, they can they can eliminate your number one wideout threat with Jalen Ramsey, and Aaron Donald on the internal uh, on the interior defense always causes problems. So, I am super concerned about Stafford because Stafford can make or break a game. And he gets away with these picks now, but he might not get away with it in the playoffs. But I really like uh, the Rams. And the matchups right now would be Rams versus the Eagles, Bucks and the Niners, and Cowboys-Cardinals playing again. So what do you think is going on in, in, in those three matchups, as I mentioned? And your thoughts on what I just said on the Rams. I know you don't like the Rams. But. The, the problem with that is I don't... San Fran and the Rams play each other. Yes. In Week 17. And... I, and the Niners will win. This is probably not going to be the order of one through seven. Probably not. come the playoffs, just because of who's playing who. Um, like the Buccaneers play the Panthers, I expect them to win. If and then if the Rams lose, Bucks move up. Uh, and then Arizona could still take because they're playing Seattle. They're probably going to win their game. They can but still if the take Niners, the division. If the Niners lose, then it's the Saints, and we don't think the Saints are upsetting anybody though. No, but then uh, the Eagles move up. True. And then the Saints have the seven spot. And then the Eagles play the Bucks, and they they're probably not going to win that one either. Mm. But it's just it's so I get that it's so wishy washy of what's going to happen. So who's happen. your so who's your favorite then to go to the Super Bowl? To go to the, definitely not the Rams. Okay, who is it then? I don't know. It's not the you like the it's Packers. The That's the thing. I want to say the Packers, but they lose in the NFC Championship game. That's just what they do. Yeah, that's their job. All right, and so like. You don't. So you you the want match, you want another week of the season to see who you think. Uh, yes, I do. But like and how healthy the Bucks get. A little bit, but like you're. I mean, the best you're going to get back is Leonard Fournette, and like yeah, that changes things. I think that that wins you another game. I don't think that wins you the Super Bowl. I don't know if that even gets you to the Super Bowl. Okay. So like, I mean, let's say with it right now. Let's assume it stays. Mm-hmm. I really don't think it's going to stay the same next week. Uh, like, well, the Cowboys Cardinals will probably stay the same. Unless that flips with the Rams and Cardinals, Cardinals yeah, can still win the division. That's true. Because and the Forty ers kind of need this. Well, I mean, I mean, the Saints could lose. They play the Falcons, and like I favorite Saints, but like uh, I bet on the Falcons. Why? Because the Saints don't have a quarterback. The Saints can 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 only give up about thirteen points. Yeah, they they, they can't do anything offensively now. No, you don't think. Camara will do something against the Falcons. Uh, not if they can't get them the ball. Mm. They look they're, they're really bad, dude, on offense. I don't know. I mean, they're still here. They are they're still alive. I know, but and it, they still. I mean, if Forty ers lose, 
and that the Rams do have something to play for just to lock up that second spot in the division, mm-hmm. that they can take that. Yeah, the Rams could win. Now that I realize, he's the thing. I expect them to win. Uh, the Niners have been their kryptonite for some reason, though. Uh, maybe Sean McVay just—I ha- mean, uh, Kyle Shanahan just has McVay's number. Maybe. But I, I don't know. The Niners suck. All right, all right. Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan, Dan, do you have a favorite, and what yes. do you think about the matchups as they stand right now? Uh, I'm going to take the easy way out and say the Packers, mainly because I feel like they're the most complete team in the NFC. Rams are close. I worry because McVay has a tendency to get away from the run and give it all to Stafford. And if Stafford, you know, tendency to throw the interceptions, if he throws one or two, do you really want to do that against an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady-led team? No. Or even a Dak Prescott, Kyler Murray. You can't do that. Um, so if the Rams could maybe stick back, get back to the run a little bit, I like them a lot more. But I also worry when your star cornerback is fighting with your team in the middle of a game and punching them and stuff, that's a little worrisome too. you got to worry about that. That's true. Um, it is true. But as for the current matchups, again – you know, I think the Packers are the favorites. The only, I think, I still think, you know, there is a mystique about Lambeau, Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. I think the only team, because they beat the Rams last year in Green Bay in the playoffs. I know that was Goff, not Stafford. Um, so we'll see how much of an upgrade that is. But I do think the Bucks might be the only team that have kind of the mental fortitude to go into Green Bay and win that game. Um the other team I would not sleep on is the Eagles. We know what they are. They run the ball. They run the ball, and they run the ball some more. The quarterback runs. You think Jalen Hurts can make playoff throws? Uh, he, I think he might be able to make enough, a couple throws. You talk about a, a team that is just on a run right now. They don't, for, they don't force turnovers defensively either. They're you like think they last. can beat the Rams? No. I don't what about the Bucs? Again. A the, crippled Bucks team. Right, and I think I think with the Rams though, like again, Stafford plays a clean game. It's not going to probably be close. If Stafford throws a couple picks, next you know you look at time of possession. Eagles will have you know 39, 40 minutes. Rams only have twenty minutes in the game. You look at some of those things. Do you wear down the defense? Do you wear down an Aaron Donald or Jalen Ramsey? Maybe I don't see that happening, but I just say don't sleep on the Eagles. Okay. Um, I would say this. I get what you mean with McVay going against the run. I, like, he gets away from it sometimes. But the Packers historically having the issues that they do against the run and lately having the issues that they've had against the run defensively. I can't see McVay, if they do play the Packers, going into that matchup not thinking, oh, we're going to run the ball today. Maybe. And keep the ball away from Rodgers. They could. Again, I just throughout <clears throat> the year, that's not has I, been. No, I, I get you. Do you think there's any upsets on the table right now, at least in the first round for the NFC? <sighs> Unless you count the Cowboys against whoever they play, because right now it's Cowboys Arizona. Right, and that is that an upset? Mm, kind of no. They're the same record right now. Yeah, and Arizona just beat them. Right. I don't take a lot of stock in that game like everyone else does. I think Arizona was far more motivated, the way more desperate team, and the Cowboys have their division locked up. I think they looked flat and looked like they didn't care in the first half. And by the way, with the Forty Niners. You, they, I know they're starting. They're, they're, I think the reports are Jimmy G is supposed to be starting. But if he's not 100%, you're looking at possibly Trey Lance starting his very, what, third game, fourth game? In a playoff. In, in a playoff Wait. game. What if Saints get in and play the Bucks? 
that would be hilarious. Who do you pick? Because like you think I, I gotta I'm pick, on the box. I, I gotta pick the box, but like yeah, but 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 he just can't. But he can't beat the Saints for some reason. That would be crazy. It'd be weird if the same thing happened again, right? Saints beat him twice in the regular season and then lose the playoff game. I I probably would actually bet on that. I would too, but that would just be hilarious. I wonder if that would ever have happened before in the NFL. What would be funnier is the Saints get in and they ruin Tom Brady's time. That would be even funnier. Oh, if they beat him? Yes. That would be hilarious. It really would be. All right. I think think we're good there on NFC playoff picture. we got to get ready to wrap things up pretty soon. So we're going to take one more quick break, guys. We'll be back with our New Year's resolution for teams and then the Darwin Award. Dan, thank you again for coming in. Thank you. It's been awesome as always. And, uh, guys, quick break, all right? We are back here at Slow Your Roll, and we have one more segment here before our Darwin, as always, before we finish things up. But New Year's resolution, first uh, first show of the new year. I know everybody always uh, has their New Year's resolution. They usually stick to it for about two or three weeks. I think that's usually how it goes for most people. So we thought we'd have some fun with this. These are the New Year's resolutions for sports leagues or teams that we all think they won't actually do or stick with, even though they should. So, Jesse... I'm going to let you get started on your first one. We're going to have three apiece here. Jesse, let's go. Yeah, my first New Year's resolution is for the NHL. Just as a whole, the whole organization of the NHL. You know, NFL scaled back their COVID restrictions. Mm-hmm. NBA did. I can even invited Kyrie Irving back. Mm. Uh, the CDC rolled back their restrictions. They said, yeah, five days. Yeah, you can go back out there. Who cares? It's like a cold. NHL. No. No, no, no. Even though they have some of the fittest, best athletes in the world, none of them get sick. None of them will say they get sick. The NHL refuses. So their New Year's resolution, they need to scale back the COVID restrictions. They won't because Canada won't let them. (laughs) But they need to. That's my first New Year's resolution. When you told me this, I knew exactly before you even said it. I was like, oh, it's Canada. That's why. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Can't all candidates fall. All right. So, for my first New Year's resolution, goes out to the New York Yankees for a rant that I did a while ago. But the Yankees need to stop relying on the home run ball. They're going backwards. They keep getting eliminated earlier and earlier in the playoffs. The home run champs, the home run leaders, team leaders and home runs never win the World Series anyway. And then the Yankees still keep going out and being like, oh, our offense isn't that good. Let's get Joey Gallo. Oh, let's go get Anthony Rizzo. Oh, we have Aaron Judge. Let's spend the fortune and take on Giancarlo Stanton's contract. So, Yankees, if you want to win a World Series, stop relying on the home run ball. There's only been two 
Two teams in the last decade who have even finished one and two in home runs. One of them was cheating, and the other was the COVID-shortened season when they were playing the playoffs in the summer. So, you know, not October baseball. So, not the same. So, that is my New Year's resolution for the Yankees. Stop relying on the home run ball. Or do. Oh, I mean, as a, as a Sox fan, please do. And the point of these New Year's resolutions is we all know you guys, you guys never, you need, no one ever sticks to what they say for their New Year's resolution. So, mm. all right, Jesse, take it away. My number two resolution goes out to the Texas Rangers. You know, they have a lot of money and they <laughs> love to spend it. They love to show that they have all that money. Maybe you should spend it somewhere else, you know, instead of giving out these exorbitant contracts. Which didn't work. Remember Alex Rodriguez? Remember that one? Like half your payroll was to one man and then you sucked? Mm. Now half your payroll is going to two people. A little different, two people. Maybe try spending money on... Listen, I hate analytics. It's kind of ruining the game. Spend a little money on that. Maybe learn when to bunt. Maybe learn when to change your pitcher. Maybe learn when to pinch hit. Maybe learn that don't spend all your money on the biggest name. Maybe you got to look for a couple guys that are good for you. Spend some analytic money. Try that. All right. I like that. All right. Next one. <clears throat> Where your franchise is sometimes makes a big difference as far as the city. My next New Year's resolution. The Las Vegas Raiders need to care way more than they already do and way more than other NFL teams on character when they're drafting people. Because you're in the city of Las Vegas. And I'm even going to be nice about this. If I, at 20 years old, 21 years old, was suddenly famous and giving millions of dollars and lived in Las Vegas, I probably couldn't handle it either. Okay? I was a partier. So, I'm I'm even going to be nice to them on that one. But they need to care way more about character in their draft. They have now had three draft picks in the last two drafts that are no longer on the team for things outside of football. Henry Ruggs, DUI, uh, Damon uh, Arante with his Twitter video. Um, And then, well, actually, I I guess I'll scale back. We don't know if Hobbs is going to be on the team still or not. But now you have a third one who's gotten in trouble. Nate Hobbs arrested by the side of the road, drunk in his car. So you're in Vegas. You're in Sin City. These, these young men are 20 years old, 21 years old, and they're suddenly getting a million dollars and more. You got to care way more about character when you're drafting in the NFL draft or this crap is going to continue. Get it together, Oakland. I mean, Vegas. Huh. All, right. All right. Jesse? There's a theme for these last two. They're uh, yeah. accidental. <laughs> uh, so for my final New Year's resolution, my resolution goes out to the Arizona Coyotes mm. NHL. I did two NHLs. So why? You need a new stadium. You need to get a new place to play. To play. No one, I've never heard of this happening to a team where they're being kicked out of their stadium. They, don't, they haven't paid the bills. They didn't pay the rent. They're getting kicked out. So I, I'll give you two New, new Year's resolutions. A, fire your financer. Get a new one. And then you must find a solid place to play the game of hockey where you can stay and hopefully people will know where that is and they will come they will give you their money and they will sit and watch you must then make the product good so they will continue to watch and they will buy your stuff and then you make the money and then you build your own stadium <laughs> and it's nice is this a good plan 
Good. <laughs> Try it. <laughs> Try it, NHL. All right. And my last one goes out to another Arizona team. When did the Arizona teams get so dysfunctional? Terrible? They were never this bad, I feel like. I mean, the Coyotes were always a mess. but It's but, weird to see the best team in Arizona be the Cardinals. That's funny, isn't it? Anyway, the Arizona Diamondbacks, stop making trades. You lose every trade. Some of them are stupid, too. These, some of these go back a decade. So the coup de grace, the biggest one, the worst, they sent Max Scherzer in a three-way deal with the Yankees and the Tigers, and they got back Edwin Jackson. Nice. Yeah, Edwin Jackson, who at that point was already kind of up there in age and already been, like, people had given him a chance because his stuff was so good at multiple teams. But they're like, oh, he deserves one more at 29 years of age. I'm sure now he's learned to throw the ball over the strike zone consistently. Let's give up Max Scherzer. The other one, they sent Dansby Swanson and Ender Inciarte to the Braves for Shelby Miller. Shelby Miller, in his time in Arizona, went 5-18 and with a 6.35 ERA. And Dansby Swanson has become a very good shortstop in, the, uh, in MLB. Number one overall pick. Number one overall pick. The next one. This might be the second worst now at this point, especially if Ray does something again. So, the year before, Ray was good. The Dimebacks were decent. They were talking about blowing up the franchise, and then they won too many games, so they didn't want to. Then the next year, they went for it. Went all in. Brought in some names. Didn't do as well. But they were still around 500, but decided, no, we're going to sell now. When Robbie Ray was having a terrible season. So they didn't sell high. They decided to sell at the bottom. Not only did they just sell, they paid the Toronto Blue Jays to take Robbie Ray. They sent Robbie Ray to the Jays along with $300,000 in cash for Travis Bergin, who is 29 years old, played, pitched in 38 major league innings for three teams, and is back with Toronto. So that's about as bad as it gets. And yet they could have sold high on him the year before, and they decided, we're going to sell now when he's had the worst year ever. The last one, Paul Goldschmidt to the Cardinals. In return, they got Luke Weaver, who can't stay healthy at all, and they got Carson Kelly, who's a decent, decent major league catcher. But you traded the face of your franchise and got absolutely no difference maker back. Dimebacks, stop doing trades. You're terrible at it. They're all terrible. So, that has been our New Year's resolution in sports. I don't know, Jesse. I think that was one of the funnier segments we've ever done. Yeah, we're funny. We're good. We're funny people. No, I know, but that was one of the better segments even, too. I I, I really thought it was good. I think that came together nicely. All right, guys. Ready to finish up here. Darwin Award. Jesse, drum roll, please. Let's go. This week's Darwin Award winner is the UCLA Bruins for canceling their game uh, against NC State due to COVID. We don't know if it's tests within the program or just they didn't feel it was safe. They were never clear on that. And not only that, they canceled it just hours before the bowl game. So this goes even deeper too. I think, but personally, Pac-12, super political, eight athletic department, uh, athletic director, very high high status job you do get some attention um and especially through the universities and stuff and the pac-12 is not all about football ucla is definitely not all about football they have a their coach chip kelly's won war games this year 
than like any of the previous five or six years before that. And they still kind of want to fire him if they could because they just don't like him. So it's all about politics there, a lot of it. So I think the AD pulled a stunt. I think that's why he did it just hours before the game. But here's the kicker. Even if this is not a stunt, even if this is completely legit and they had massive problems all of a sudden with COVID in their program, which they at least said they had to leave some people home and they were a little bit worried about it when they flew to the place that they were going to play. If you were worried about it, why did you have the entire team go to visit the military ship? And then why did you have the entire team go to SeaWorld? That just makes absolutely no sense at all. So there's only two things here. And if it's the first thing, if it's a publicity stunt, then you just cost your team probably millions of dollars in revenue because of the sponsorships. And all those corporate sponsors can say whatever they want to be politically correct. But when it comes time next year to pick bowl games, they might not want to pick you. They might be mad. But the second, like I said, if it's truly they had a massive issue and they weren't just afraid for safety, but they really had a lot of COVID uh, positive tests and they had a problem dealing with it when they went in. Why did you go to SeaWorld? Why did you have the whole team get together on a bus and go out in public to a place like SeaWorld? Doesn't make any sense. It's stupid. It's stupid. Are you there to play the game or are you not there to play the game? If you're concerned that you're not going to be able to play, don't go to SeaWorld. It makes absolutely no sense. And the, the, the bowl people are pissed. NC State's pissed. And, uh, you know, this is also comes with the mixed messaging. So there was one report that said the D-line had been devastated by COVID. But then the AD gets up there and just says, we're just concerned about safety in the COVID area. Doesn't say that we actually have positive tests. And the other bowl games, which, which got canceled because of COVID, because too many players had COVID, they said too many players have tested positive for COVID, and they usually cancel the game days before. But not this one. Hours before, I think it was to get the most amount of attention as possible. But again, even if it's not, it's nonsensical for you to go to SeaWorld. It's stupid. So UCLA, you get the Darwin Award this week for that one. Absolutely ridiculous. Jesse, do you have any input on this? I know you're not a college football guy, but but the story, like I said it, and the way I said it, and like you're going to SeaWorld and stuff, and yet you're concerned about COVID? My men wanted to see some fish. That's all I got. <laughs> see, that's what I've been saying. Even you know, and you don't follow football, college football. You know it's ridiculous. I want to see the fish. That's more important than playing the football game, I yeah. guess. Yeah. All right. So there. Congratulations, UCLA. You did it. You'll also be dumb, I'm sure, and fire Chip Kelly within a year or two. Yeah, you saw the fish. Yeah, you saw those fish. You didn't get to play NC State, but at least you saw the fish. All right. That has been it for Slow Your Roll, guys. Our first episode of the year. Dominic Lorenzano, Jesse Caulfield. Thanks big uh, to my brother Dan for coming on again. And guys, uh, on Instagram, at Slow Your Roll. Um, and yeah, where you can, uh, we also have a website, slowyourroll.com, where you get links to the past episodes and just pictures, articles, all that kind of stuff from all the other news going on in sports. Jesse's articles, too, as well, will be posted on there. So thank you very much, guys, and happy new year to you all.